You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The GFC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Wednesday, I speak to Skulk Lowe, Portfolio Manager at PSG Wealth Old Oak Division in Cape Town. We haven't spoken to for two weeks because I couldn't speak last week, uh, Skulk, because I lost my voice. Uh, gave you a welcome day off, I'm sure. But things have happened since then. And one of the things that has happened is that commodity stocks have suddenly occasionally jumped and got people's attention, notably platinum group metal stocks and also gold stocks as well. What is your view on these things now? Have you been adding? Have you been sitting back smugly with a cigar and a, and a glass of brandy and, and watching the watching your assets rise in value? What's been your attitude towards the, the recent activity? Yeah, good evening, Lindsay. Well, I does the saying go, you know, the singers, they always said that you're only as good as your last hit. So, um, you know, gold is so last year. <laughs> no, I, I, actually, actually, I mean, I, I just finished uh, r- writing my a report that should be published next week in, uh, in a media. And um, uh, one of the things I looked at was what was gold. And then and one of the questions I was trying to, to answer, you know, I actually tried to answer two questions. It was, was sort of the decoupling, the decoupling with the 10-year real rates. Um, and I'm not going to try and explain that too deeply, but it's just those two run fairly inversely the whole time. And there was sort of a decoupling a few weeks ago where, where we've seen, you know, gold really run. And and we, we didn't really see the the massive effect on 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 the, on the real rates, and it's just starting to tell us that um, that that you, you know it is gold is sort of not worried anymore because when the market is looking ahead, they do see rates come down, and they do see you know for that reason see see the ten year yield you know come down as well. Second reason is the market is saying well. We're not seeing inflation really being under control yet. So, yeah, you know, do we see it really getting under control over over the next few few months? No, we don't. We we actually don't. We we just had uh, the U.S. Well, pretty much over the last three years, you know, they 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 more than doubled their their their, their money supply. They uh, we just saw um, uh, China opening up earlier this year, so they they're going to try and, and and be back with a bang because they sort of lost a year. They lost 2022, where the rest of the world were economically running. Uh, they still had their COVID restrictions and and they foreclosed, and they want to get back at this. And then when they get back, you know we know US just bailed out a few banks again. Uh, Fed just increased the, the the balance sheet again. So long story short, gold not gold not um, gold not gone now. So let's park gold because we've had so many so many conversations you know about gold. Yes. With that, this week we had a few other proper movers, um, and and not you know to the upward, to the downward. I mean, yesterday's movement in in iron ore, you know, close to six percent drop in one day, I thought was pretty significant. I, I know it's a volatile commodity, but I mean that's a that's an excessive move. Um, and you know, some people ask me, and then you can sort of just speculate, because usually, you know, my default answer there was there was more sellers than buyers. That's why we saw the move hmm. that we saw. Yeah. But but to to be to be honest, I mean, it's an industrial metal, very similar to something like copper. And um, you know, if, if you saying that, well, we still heading for that that the recession. It's 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 not done yet. Um, 
I mean, that that's definitely going to affect some of these, let's call it um, more um, economically um, attached um, uh, commodities. Platinum, I would include in that in that group. But now, now that this is where we are, looking ahead, we, we already get still seeing the Fed saying, well. I think we're just going to pause for a second. We're going to start declining rates. That's what the Fed said. That's what the Fed futures are saying. We're going to start declining rates again from mid or just after mid middle this year. And we know what effect, um, I mean, declining interest rates got on, on you know, specifically emerging markets. So go and just pull up a, a graph. Just put the MSCI emerging market and put the MSCI world, which is the developed market, you know, on, on, on one graph over the past three years, then you will see something that I think is, is, is starting to look like a very, very solid opportunity. Um, and actually, a lot of those emerging markets is, is, is commodity producing um, countries. Will I be selling my commodities now? No, I wouldn't. Uh, would I be betting the farm? Also, also not. So in, in weakness, I would definitely be looking to to still um, buying my commodities, which I didn't have, because I don't think the commodity plays over at all. I don't think it is. But on the other hand, I did an interesting exercise purely by accident yesterday when I was talking to another commentator. Uh, it, we were talking about commodities. And I thought, OK, I'm going to put up the CRB index page. And on the right-hand side, it gives you the, 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 the most traded commodities, you know, the fun ones like gold and oil and that sort of thing. And then at the bottom, it says, show more. You click on show more and you go down the list and you think, we're being duped here by uh, the inflation collators because commodities have been annihilated. Lithium, mm. for example, cell phones and, and other uh, applications, 64 and a half percent down year on year. Iron ore, 22 and a quarter percent down year on year. Steel prices, 26 and a half percent down year on year. Titanium, 51 percent down for the same period. Uh, wheat prices, yeah, the Ukraine war and everything, certainly horrible. But wheat prices have fallen 42 percent in the last year. Lumber has fallen 66 and a half percent. And you go on, you go to agricultural commodities. Orange juice is up 62 percent, but it's not really a big part of your basket. Canola oil down 37, oats down 51, and it goes on. And I think these are important commodities for the CPI basket. Okay, they don't get reflected immediately like oil does, for example. Oil will be an immediate, uh, have an immediate effect on consumer price inflation. But some of these moves to the downside mean that I think we've got a really big, not deflationary, but anti-inflationary environment in the next 6 to 12 months, Skalk. And that is, has a meaningful effect on interest rates and therefore the U.S. dollar. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that, that's you know I, I think I think the the U.S. can can sort of afford a, a little a little inflation. And when I say a little, I said tongue in the cheek because you know I think a few listeners out there will say, "What do you mean? Look at the current environment; they can't handle this." Well, I agree with you. You know, if you sort of over, uh, you know. Not overstimulate. What's the inverse? Over, over, you know, tighten. Yes. Um, uh, and, and and you get an environment where that um, uh, you know inflation environment changes to a deflation environment, which you can do. I mean, let's not beat around, but it can actually do that. I mean, if oil suddenly really you know drops off because that's the biggest counter in, in the CRB, the commodity index, um, 
if it did drop off, you know, that, that could very much be a, a, a reality. We've, we've, we haven't really tested the waters for this environment. I mean, remember, this type of hiking environment that we've seen over the past, uh, let's call it 18 months, we, we haven't seen this before. You know, we've seen, you know, larger moves, but we haven't seen, you know, as aggressive moves that we've seen, you know, globally. Um, what if it really works? <laughs> what if it really works and we do see a deflation environment? So, so let's let's look at that because James Ricard, I mean, I know you've had a, a, you know, conversations with him and he's a is a is a um, interesting individual and he's got interesting views. But he's 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 got this view, which I do like, uh, where where he says, remember, it's it's fantastic to 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 sit with you know serious debt levels, um, and you're still sitting with some 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 uh, inflation or well, why is that and i know inflation is not growth related but it sort of is you know if if you if you've got a you're building a house um and and you know the the iron or the steel in that house you know increased by 20% and 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 you know the other commodities you use to build that house increased by 20% that house is going to be worth more you know 20% more bottom line that's it that's that's how it works now if you've got a debt, and I'm going to use the example of the debt again, and and you buy a house, and that house uh, you buy for 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 uh, you know 100 rand, and and like in in the US situation, they've they've got you know they've got 120 rands worth of debt, um, that's bad because it's bad. But but what they say is it's fine as long as you've got inflation and 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 growth, that's fine. Next year the house will be worth you know if it's five percent. Next year the house will be worth hundred five. Uh, year after that and, and just broad strokes hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen, and eventually uh, it's fine. Our, our debt debt will be you know this small because debt don't really increase, but assets do. Now let's take the same scenario and suddenly. We get a deflationary environment. Yeah. Drop a five percent. Four years later, that house is worth eighty rand. But remember, your debt is still, you know, under twenty rand. Now your your your, uh, your debt is going to come knocking on your door, and they're going to say, uh, "USA, uh, I mean, we were happy thus far, but you need to start giving us something. You know, you can't just, I mean, sit with this type of." Uh, collateral or this stuff. We need something that's going to seriously back this 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 debt. What if 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 you're a human being or you're a person, and you can't? Uh, that's what what they call when you when you go bankrupt, when you when you sequestrate it. I think so, we're, I think we're at the point, Skulk, where you've got a situation where interest rates have risen a little bit late and maybe a little bit too high. When I say that, I mean that they miscalculated on the a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, maybe when they first started saying, "Wait a second, this is not a transient." It's not transitory. This is not a transitory trend in inflation. This is here to stay. And they suddenly realized it and they thought, crikey, we better get going here. And they kept pushing the 25 basis points, 50 basis points up button when it came to monetary policy. Now I think what's going to happen, that's just a personal view, inflation will fall precipitously as the prices that I see on my screen takes, they take time to get through the system and get to the retail level, but it will happen. And inflation will fall very, very sharply. And then what do they do do they start to cut rates i don't know but all i know is i've given you a few examples and i won't bore you with more but aluminium tin zinc and nickel in other words base metals down between 25 and 38 percent over the last year you can't tell me that's not deflationary 
Oh no 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 for sure because it's the base effect. I mean it's the base effect, which you which you, I mean they they're still trading higher. I mean I've got iron ore now because you know iron ore you know dropped all the way from from uh, you know one stage under fifty dollars per per ton. Yes. Um, you know recently under under thirty five dollars per ton. Now, now currently trading under nine you know under nine hundred and ten dollars per ton. Uh, people say oh well that's that's seriously deflationary. Yeah it's deflationary. You know, compared to a year, year and a half ago, but you know, but, you know, 2020 and and before that, uh, iron ore traded between 80 and 90 dollars per ton um, for for pretty much a decade. So, yeah, it's, I, I agree. This is a this is a deflationary environment. It could have it could could mean a deflationary environment over the shorter term. But it is that, as you said, the, the base effect. Precisely. Okay. So let me uh, put you on the spot here. Platinum Group metal stocks. And I'm talking about the JSE here. PGM stocks or gold stocks? Uh, at current at current levels. Now I'll, t- I'll still take my gold stocks. Okay, you're going for gold. Very good. What do you think about? I, I, uh, I love I, I love both. I love both. Don't get me wrong. Precious metals very you know it's it's good. But I I, I would I would be I, I would use my timing a little bit better. And not that I won't use my time because you know one of my colleagues often tells me gold is not an investment; it's 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 something you trade. And I do agree to a certain extent with that as well. But uh, I mean, I, I would be sort of easier to go in and somebody say, "Well, what do you buy now? Would you buy platinum or gold now?" I would buy I would buy gold now. I would be more uh, you know getting my time and right for platinum because, as I mentioned, I still think that the 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 world's going to go into that recession, and that's going to have a effect on these let's call it uh, economically um, uh, involved uh, commodities like platinum, you know, your copper, those type of things. Okay, so you've you've nailed your colours to the mast. What a surprise! It's gold. I'd love to know actually when you last sold a gold share. I'd love to, I'd love to know that. You probably have to look back in the files when it wasn't uh, digitalized. <laughs> it's just some old dust, some old dusty certificate. Yeah. Said, oh yeah, I just sold. I sold that uh, twelve years ago. I think it was. Yeah, but that's okay, Skulk. I love your loyalty. Uh, you, you, do you still have Lotus? Can you still upload Lotus files? Because that's that's more, more or less where you we have to look. Okay, tell me about South African uh, centric stocks, SA centric stocks, because that's been a focus uh, this week with other people that I've spoken to. People ignore them despite the fact that their valuations look fairly historically attractive but you'll have a look at some of them and they're sort of falling over chart wise you know they're starting to look a bit dodgy a case in point is Capitech I mean Capitech has got nothing to do with First Republic Bank or Silicon Valley Bank or UBS in Switzerland and it's coming down and that disturbs me a little bit because that to me is a barometer of the South African economy yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I mean, I think there's two things about this. I mean, you're talking about SA-centric stocks or SA yes. Inc. type of companies. Exactly. And, and and the next thing you mentioned, Capitec. And and yes, I would I would argue that Capitec uh, would be seen as a as a let's call it a a um, uh, SA Inc. type of company. But Capitec is also a company that's been trading at exuberant valuations and and just you know for the listeners out there you know when you look at a bank mm-hmm. um i mean we do we as investment managers don't really like to you know value them on a, on a pe basis we like to look at things like they 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 price to to net asset value or price to book levels um and 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 you know the lower the lower that 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 let's call it ratio the closer it is actually trading to its it's it's net asset value. Um, when you look at 
um, something like, uh, uh, what's it, um, APSA currently. APSA is trading at a, at a price to book of, of about one point, you know, 1.09. Let's, let's round up and say 1.1 times. And over the over the past 20 years, that average was about uh, 1.6 times. So one would argue that APSA is currently trading and in, in deepish value, you know, value territory. It's trading quite a bit lower to, compared to its 20-year price-to-book average. Let's just use another one, Standard Bank. Standard Bank currently trading at you know 1.17 times. Let's round up again and say it's 1.2 times its price to book average over the past you know 20 years 1.7 times again. And it's it's looking looking as as a value play. And so we can go on. NetBank is very similar. Uh, First has always been trading at a bit higher valuation because they've got a few few other um, uh, parts in the company which which justify its trading at a. But it's still not trading. It's uh, it's still not trading at you know massive valuations. Currently trading just over two two times price to book. When you look at Capitec. Capitec, um, let's call it, what was it, November last year, it was trading at a price to book of 6.6 times. That's huge. <laughs> massive, massive. Um, and, and even after the recent you know, drop in, 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 in the share price, it's still trading at a 4.7 times price to book. And, and, and now a lot of the, the, the really you know, strong uh, Capitec followers and, 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 and investors will, will, will argue. But remember what they've done. This is a bank that has grown from nothing you know, to be one of the top five, then top four. I mean, this is a company that's always been innovative and, and really strong with that innovation. And that's why you justify these type of valuations. I buy into that. What I don't buy into is that all companies will continue to just in there here, just see to that type of growth that they've enjoyed since the start of 20 years ago. Okay, so what, happens now? That- what happens now with the, the, the fact that they're, uh, perhaps they're a little bit full when it comes to attracting new clients? Maybe every single client that could have been attracted has been attracted in a very competitive banking environment. So what happens is that it comes back to a reasonable price to book valuation comes back to three, three and a half, four even. Then the, the price comes down quite sharply, a scalp, and it's an SA Inc. stock, and it's a function of the South African economy, the state of the consumer. Would you not agree? Mm. Yes, and I would put in that same category something like clicks. I mean, we've had this conversation, you know, many times before. This is also a SA consumer type of stock, a company that's been reinventing itself, you know, quite a few times and has been very successful doing that. I would love to own these two companies. I would really love to own them. And I know what you're going to ask me now. You know, this is your, would I be owning them if they are trading at at more, you know, call it bite size uh, valuations? Oh, yes, I will. Okay. Oh, yes, I will for sure. Okay, good. Well done, Skunk. Let me give you some prices now, if I may, on this day before the long weekend, and I'll ask you about that at the end of the interview. Dollar Rand, 
1838, the dollar is half a percent up against the, the mighty rot. British pound is 2293, that's a 0.9% gain for the pound. And the euro is doing the best against the rand. It's a horrible 2031, just over 1% higher for the euro. Euro dollar is 110.50 again, ouch. The euro has gained half a percent mm. against the US dollar. British pound nearly 125, it's been one of the best performing, performing developed world currencies gold is having a look at 2000 not liking it too much at the moment but it's 1996 which is up a couple and i would have thought with the dollar under so much pressure it might have vaulted its way through the 2000 but it will it will over the next couple of days there's no holidays in the states either tomorrow or on monday so it, it'll be trading away platinum is up 16 to 1107 palladium is up 17 to 1504 now the interesting ones oil has clawed its way back a little bit it was down at well over two percent this morning now west texas crude is only down half a percent to 76 dollars 71 and brent crude oil 80 dollars 53 down 0.3 percent natural gas prices down nearly six percent and so it goes on capital markets all important south african 10-year bond yield was in the mid 1020s briefly today now exactly 1020 and uh, the u.s 10-year is yielding 3.385% to be precise. S&P 500 futures. Yeah, I thought they might be doing better after a couple of good sets of results from Alphabet and what was the other one? Microsoft yesterday. But it's coming off the boil a bit, but still up a quarter of a percent. We'll take that. Bitcoin has done quite well. It's up. It's what is that? Eight and a half percent higher. Twenty nine thousand six hundred and four. Maybe someone's actually believing Standard Chartered and saying it'll be a hundred thousand in two thousand and twenty four. <laughs> Don't buy into that rubbish myself, but uh, what else have we got? Uh, let's have a look at some of the movers. You give me your movers, your, your, the stocks that you saw uh, doing something interesting today on the JSE ahead of the public holiday, please, Skulk. It, it was a quiet day. It was it's really a really extremely, extremely quiet day um, uh, with really very little companies that, that reported. Uh, the one that I did did see um, that caught my eye was um, was was uh, was it Alexander Forbes. Mm. I mean, that that a drop of six and a half percent. And then transaction capital uh, that, that seems to be extremely volatile. You know, lately that's also down, you know, three point six percent. Um, but besides that, there wasn't really a, a lot of a lot of movers in, no. in the market, um, and it was um, it was a, it was a day where we we've, we've seen some action in in, in property stocks um, that definitely you know saw for some action. I think Amazon Amazon was up close to five percent, and that helped the the, the property the property sector being the, the star performer on the JSE today. So. Uh, you would you would you would you would reckon it would be a quite quite weak um, in the South African front with all the public holidays we we're having and still going to have. Yes, indeed, it's a five-day weekend for some lucky people. On the upside, on my screen, the aforementioned uh, property stocks have dominated. Hammerson over four and a half percent higher. Nepi Rockcastle four point one percent to the good. Growth Point, the giant, up four percent. Bites is a three point eight percent winner, and Glencore a soggy day yesterday. Glencore up three and three quarters. On the downside, Montauk Renewables down six point seven. It's either up or down by similar increments almost every day. Richemont down two point four percent. Textana down two point three. Barlow World has shed 1.6% and Supergroup one and a quarter percent down. What about the JSC indices scale plus the value traded, please? 
So JSE All Share closed the day at um, 78,122 points. That was up 30 basis points. Uh, resources up 1.14%. But remember, this is just a bit of a recovery, making up for a lot of losses yesterday. Industrials down 44 basis points. And uh, financials, that is up 1.23%. Uh, for the top 40 lovers out there, top 40 closed today at 72,533 points. That's also up 29 basis points. And we look at the, the value traded, not a very, very busy day as expected. Only 17 billion traded mm. today. So very, very quiet day. And yeah, you've mentioned it. Um, uh, the the, the uh, states, I mean, uh, it started off a little bit stronger this morning because remember they had a mighty club yesterday. And then after hours, uh, we had uh, Google um, that reported and, and Microsoft. Microsoft, I mean, you were talking about, wow, we, wow, we, you know, Bitcoin 8% up for today. Well, if you bought Microsoft yesterday, you know, at the close, you would have made 8%. Just, uh, just uh, some very, very solid results. Uh, it seems like um, they, 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 they're looking to recover. And I'm still excited about that whole chat GPT investment that they made. And then also Google. Google um, or Alphabet, as it now is you know, uh, known, 83 basis points, um, also a bit of a beat there. And I just had a quick look. To end off, um, I had a quick look at um, the current state of affairs of, of the S&P 500 reporting. Um, I just uh, just shared that via my Twitter Twitter feed where they um, look, um, it was the old Reuters, now called Refinitiv. They run a dashboard where they every day look at companies that report. Um, you know, Firstly, they look at the earnings as it's up or down, similar to the revenue. And did those companies beat? Did they match? Or coming below expectation, and um, like I, like I mentioned uh, on the feed, it's a bit of a sweet and sweet and sour. You know, the sour is you know this quarter, the first quarter, S and P five hundred you know earnings did drop three point nine percent. And remember, only a quarter of the companies reported thus far. There's still 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 quite some some a few companies that 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 needs to to, to report. But three point nine percent down on earnings. But the big but is uh, you know seventy nine percent of the companies that reported came out with uh, results that was above expectation. So that's that's more or less what we're going to see. As long as uh, these companies beat, I think uh, the, the S&P 500 might, might you know, remain stable, at least for today. Totally good. Very nice analysis. You've got a long weekend coming up, uh, Skelk. I hope you're going to take Friday as well and leave it up to the uh, to the youngsters to run the, uh, run the show there. What are you going to do for the long weekend? Uh, I I pulled short straw, Lindsay. I'm going to be honest with you. So ah. I am going to be yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm we 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 few partners and uh, yeah. I'm just I'm never lucky with these type of things. When I draw a straw, it's always going to be the short one. But happy to be in 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 Cape Town, do a bit of a staycation and. Uh, yeah, spend some time with the kids. Very nice indeed. It's an unusual situation because I live in the Netherlands and it's a public holiday tomorrow as well, in the Netherlands as well as in uh, South Africa, uh, because it's King's Day tomorrow, Skunk. Uh, King's yeah. Day is... You, you, exactly. You celebrate the birthday of the king. And King Willem Alexander was born on April the 27th, 1967. He exceeded the throne 10 years ago when Queen Beatrix, his mother, abdicated. And he's been there ever since. 
And from what I gather, he's a really good chap and he's got a lovely Argentinian wife and they're, they're loved by the whole country. It's not like divided like it is in England. You know, some people are starting to hate the crown over there, but everyone loves him and they go berserk. They really go berserk mm. on King's Day. So I'm going to, of course, lock myself in and do nothing. <laughs> isn't isn't this the time where the tulips are blooming and it's just the most beautiful time in, oh, in the Netherlands? The lambs are gambling in the fields. The asparagus is in season. The tulips are out. Every, it's King's Day. Everyone's extremely excited. They're a simple folk, these Dutch people. <laughs> well, you should enjoy it as well. Look after do. yourself. Thank you very much, and we'll speak next week. That's Skulk Clue from PSG Wolf Old Oak Division in Cape Town, and that was the Five O'Clock Shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.